great to see everyone tonight. Um, I mentioned earlier, uh, prayerfully, this is not a lecture uh, for Bible class, but if you all are willing to help me with that, that'd be great. And if not, it will be a lecture. <laughs> no, I don't want it to be a lecture, though. Uh, it's great to see you all here tonight. We're going to talk about uh, having a positive mental attitude. So that's our series. And so the way this is going to work is we'll start it tonight, and then uh, James, uh, who's out, he has a procedure tomorrow, uh, he is going to come back next week, finish his series off, and then I'll come back and we'll pick this up and, uh, and finalize this, or work this series through for the rest of the, um, the quarter. And so let's, uh, let's go together to God in prayer, please. Merciful and masterful great and awesome God in heaven. Thank you so very much for blessing us to arrive safely, to study your word. We just ask, Lord God, that you will help us as we look into your word, that you will grant to us uh, your blessing of, of knowledge and wisdom and understanding and help us to grow and to become stronger than uh, we were yesterday. Thank you for all that you've done and for all that you do. In Jesus' holy and precious name, we pray and thank you. you that will. Amen. Uh, John chapter 8 is our first scripture for tonight. So positive mental attitude. Um, Josh, let me know if I'm off. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. Um, What's it, well, you know the answer, but what is it like working with people that are down? You ever seen like a Debbie Downer? I don't even know who came up with that term, right? If you work with someone and they're always down, they're never happy. It's like life is you know, is life as bad as they say it is or think it is? And there's just nothing positive. Everything's, everything's horrible. And, and, and um, how does it feel working with that kind of person? With, I mean, without being judgmental, we, we, we all would probably say it doesn't feel good, I mean, right? I mean, just, they're just down about everything and rarely ever positive or thankful, we might even say, right? They never, they can't find thankfulness in their hearts and and they just go down this list and you say how are you today and the the minute you ask the question their whole uh, you know their countenance just falls you know they're like oh well you know it's like oh here we go right (laughs) have you ever done that you ever said oh here we go right not not trying to be mean wow the life that we live is not uh that bad but um some some people are just they just think that way and they, they just can't find many positive things to think about. And that's, that's not good, is it? We might even, if you, you know, see sometimes, I'm thankful that is rare, but sometimes you find members of the church that way. They're not very happy. We should be the happiest people on the earth, right? Because where does it end for us? He doesn't. It just goes right to, right to heaven, right? From here into heaven is like the worst thing that could happen takes us right into the best thing that could happen, right? And what is the worst thing that could happen, right? It can't be death. You get to go to heaven. So, so what, you know, whatever it is, it's going to be on the earth. Anyway, a positive mental attitude. I looked at Webster, uh, a mental posi- uh, position with regard or fact or state, a helpful attitude. I always love it when you read Webster and they give you the words you're looking for as part of the definition. I always tell my children, you can't use the word that we're trying to understand to define the word that we're trying to understand. Give me another word. 
But anyway, they did. So maybe, they, maybe you can do that. Um, but here's the second uh, part of that definition. A feeling or emotion toward a fact or a state. Maybe it be a state of mind or a state of being. And it, and it gives you, of course, the negative, And then it gives you also the, uh, the positive or an opt- optimistic view of vantage point or a pessimistic view of life. And so we get to kind of, I think this is still true, we get to make that choice, right? We can be pessimistic by choice or optimistic by choice. You can always find something good in everything. You just have to look. Sometimes you have to dig, but you have to look, right, uh, to find it. Now, I went to Oxford because I wanted to know more about that. Um, and they say a subtle way of thinking or feeling about someone or something, typically one that is reflected in a person's behavior. A major problem that we face today is, I'm kind of going into this, these, these definitions with, if you're going to examine life and you're looking for a, a fact or a state, which is part of the definition, what are we hearing, what are we hearing over and over and over and over again, um, and whether it be in media or the news or whether it be social media or, uh, you know, wherever it is, what are we hearing over and over again? We're hearing fake news. Well, that's not right. That's, that's false. Everything today, it seems like there's, there's what's false and then there's alternative truth. So how, how does that affect our attitude when we can't really get the facts about something? You know, like the truth, you know, facts, right? Not, not made up stuff, real stuff. If we can't get the facts. I'm not talking about politics. I'm just talking about life in general. If we can't get the facts about anything or about life or whatever it may be the subject that we're just trying to discover, what does that do to our attitudes or our mindsets? What I believe is when you go back and you look over history, it, it brings to us um, an immoral state of being, right? It brings immorality. So I, I look back to the Romans and uh, during that era of time, you think about the emperors that uh, reigned uh, prior to Jesus and up through uh, Jesus and a little beyond him. And they had so many uh, rights. Well, I don't mean rights meaning you have a right and I have a right. But I mean like rights, like my right is my right and your right is your right. Or you might say my truth is my truth and your truth is your truth. It really didn't matter because all that mattered to Rome was Rome's truth. Right? <laughs> Nothing else really mattered. Like when Rome, when Rome was burnt and they blamed the Christians. And okay, all the Christians are guilty now. Let's go and destroy them. But that wasn't, that wasn't the truth. And, and so all through history, we're finding that, that a lot of times that lies um, end up ruining the lives of so many innocent people. Right? Maybe innocent and guilty, but innocent people. So Jesus standing before Pontius Pilate, John 18 and verse 38, as Jesus is declaring to him a message from God, Pilate said to him, what is truth? You know, if I'm trying to figure this out, right, what did this guy do? That was he asked him too. What did you do so badly that the Romans, everybody wants you dead? And, and what's going on? Jesus says, this is the truth. And Pilate says, what is truth? And if we can't figure out what the truth is, it, it makes it difficult to have a positive mental attitude in every state of being or in every state of, 
of our, our thinking. So, God has a purpose for us. Right? That's true. Fact. Right? Underline that. Circle it. Put it in bold letters. God has a purpose for, for each of us. We could, we could ask ourselves, are we living according to the purpose that God has for us? We could um, ask ourselves what that purpose is. And, and part of the, uh, a negativity, if you will, or a negative mindset when you're talking to people, is you ask them, what is God's purpose for you? What have you found that God has so arranged the world to bless you to become or be or do or serve in this life. There's a book out called, I've never read it, and I probably should have. No one I've talked to said, hey, it's a must read. So I guess that's why I haven't read it. But it's called Purpose-Filled Life. Um, and you know, I don't know that we have, because of God's you know, predestination and all the different ideas out there that aren't necessarily true, how do you know that God specifically designed you for that particular purpose in life. So it makes it really difficult, right? Because it's kind of one of those, pre, it's one of those provable, non-provable things. Like I can't say to you without a shadow of a doubt, God intended for me to be a minister and nothing else in life. Well, I can't say that. I've done many other things in life and I have really enjoyed each one of them. And this is obviously the, I mean, this is the greatest. I, I could say this is it, which I, I know it is. But I can't prove it to you, Right? If I didn't, if I, if I quit preaching today, uh, I don't believe God's going to, you know, take lightning bolts and strike me dead because I'm not doing what he wants me to do, right? But then someone else might come along and say, well, you know, maybe God doesn't want you to be a minister because we think you're better at this than that. Maybe you're not a very good minister. Um, you know, in these areas you need to become, you know, we don't know. The, but the idea in life is, and thinking about life, is your life is designed by God with a purpose, right? There's something about your life that you can bring to this world in a positive way. Right? Maybe it's that one event. I love the angel when you read in Revelation and the angel in chapter um, oh, what chapter 7, I think it is, uh, holding back the four winds. It's like, that's their job. That was your job. Okay, it's time. You know? I've been waiting forever for this. You know, hold back the winds. Okay, got them. You know? But I, I know that's not necessarily true, but what is what is your purpose in life when you're talking to people and they're, and they're really, really down uh, in life and they're saying, I don't know why I'm even here. Have you ever heard that? Yeah, right? I don't even know why I'm here. Well, you have a purpose. There's no purpose for me. And that's that positive versus the negative attitude that you're running into, especially if you're doing any kind of counseling or if you're just kind of talking to the person that's sitting in the corner by themselves and you ask them, hey, are you, are you doing all right? No. Usually, you know, if, they, if they're willing to communicate uh, and they begin to communicate and tell you the story of their life, eventually you'll get to that, that point in their life where they say, I don't even know why I'm here. I have no purpose, right? And our, our young, younger generation might say, my purpose is to be on, on my phone, you know, right? No, that's not your purpose, right? No, it's not. That's not it. I can't live without it. Yeah, you can live without that. What is your purpose? I want tonight for you to be thinking about what your, and you don't have to bring it back to class, but what is your purpose if you haven't found it in life? What is your purpose in life? Maybe someone said to you, hey, you know, um, this is your purpose. And I think sometimes that's 
how we find um, our, our purpose. Someone sometimes suggests it to us. There are things that you do that I know of, and I know you, I don't, I, and, I, and I say, okay, so if this happens and I need something, I kind of know who to go to to get it. And what I mean by that, I don't mean get it like, oh, I'm going to come to you because you're a cash cow. I'm not talking about that. I mean, if I need, okay, so this brother right here really needs encouraging. Oh, I know who to go to who can help connect this person to that person to make this work, right? Or she can do, I know what she does because of, and, you know, and that's what's important, I think, in the body of Christ, that we should get to know each other, right? Know our, our special talents that maybe I don't see in myself, but you see in me, and then I am able to fulfill that purpose, whatever that, that is in that moment or in that part of my life to assist someone that has a need because it is all about service as Christians, right? That's what we are. We're all servants. And so being servants means there is something that needs to be done and God has someone to make sure that happens, right? And so maybe that person is you and someone may suggest that to you. They may come to you and say, hey, I have a need. Here it is. Can you help me with that? Right? And whether it be make a phone call or whatever, you know, we don't all connect the same with each other, right? And, and so maybe I connect greater with, with Pat, especially if I stand up here, because he can, anyway, <laughs> if I get in his way, um, I, you know, I connect with Pat so I can talk to Pat about things that, and maybe in ways that maybe I can't talk to someone else about. But I know someone else that can talk to that individual and help them in other, in other words, we have a purpose in life and it's not, all, it's not to just preach. 1 Corinthians 12 tells us that the eye, the foot, the, everyone has a specific purpose in life. And so we have to find that ability to, um, to live that way, right? Open and willing to help where we can. I want to go to Psalm 124. Psalm 124. So negative thinking, and I'm going to use, I think, it's, I don't know if Zig Ziglar is the one that coins stinking, stinking thinking. Is that how he says it? That's stinking thinking, right? Um, he's a salesman, kind of, kind of leader guy. Anyway, to, to be like that, meaning you have, your mind is thinking in the wrong way. I wanted to get a good definition uh, for stinking thinking. It's a bad way of thinking that makes you believe you will fail. It's actually in one of those places. Worthlessness. You ever met anyone that feels just absolutely worthless? And then what do we what do we do? You ever have you ever uh, you you're, you're out there and you and someone says, "Hey, how are you doing?" and and they don't really want to know. So they'll say, but they'll say, "Hey, how are you?" and you go, oh, "I'm just I'm not doing well." And they say, "Great." They're not really listening. You ever, you ever been there? It happens all the time. I kind of just I got chuckle with that. Some people feel so worthless. In their mind, they say, man, I really stink, right? I mean, I'm just no good at anything. I really don't have a purpose in life. I'm, I'm really struggling. And, and that may be just for that moment, right? Um, but David was there. It's, that, it's that, that spiraling mindset where you just, you know, you're, you're, you start thinking badly about life, right? Like one bad situation and then when you start thinking and going down that tunnel 
of negativity, it just, it just makes things worse, right? And David was there, and, and God is always there to snap us out if we're willing to listen. You know, we start going with, you know, oh, I just feel worthless, and, and man, I really stink, and, you know, I just, I can't find my purpose, and I, and I can't do this, and I, and I can't do that, and no one, no one will listen to me, and, and no one, no one cares about me, and, and no one even calls me, and, and then you start going down that rabbit trail, and then ah, I just, I don't know what I'm going to do, and then, you know, everything just gets worse and worse and worse, and it really, you haven't even moved anywhere, right? Except in your mind, you travel the whole world, and you figured everything out, that truly, truly, honestly, I believe, no one, no one, no one, I can't, I can't, uh, it's just terrible, terrible, there is no end, and blah, 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 and someone has to shake you and snap you out of it, right? So David was there. Look at Psalm 142. Um, verse, we'll begin at verse 1. The context is, here's David, he's hiding in a, in a running to a cave, uh, fleeing for his life. I cry aloud with my voice to the Lord. I make supplication with my voice to the Lord. I pour out my complaint before him. I declare my trouble before him. When my spirit was overwhelmed within me, thou didst know my path and the way where I walk. They have hidden a trap for me. Look to the right and see, for there is no one who regards me. There is no escape for me. No one cares for my soul. That wasn't true, right? But to David in his moment, it was. It was his truth. But I want to go back and take a look at that picture of what was going on in that moment, okay? So we're going to 1 Samuel uh, chapter 21. Is, is the, the suggested passage, if you will, through our studies that was happening to David in that particular moment. This is what he was thinking about. This is the situation that he was in. These are the struggles that he was going through. And I want to begin just in verse, in verse 10, okay? Then David arose and fled that day from Saul and went to Achish, king of Gath. But his servants of Achish said to him, is this not David, the king of the land? Did they not sing of this one as a dance, saying, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousand? So now he's with the Philistines, right? And they're going, wait a minute. This is that guy, right? Verse 12. And David took these words to heart and greatly feared Achish, king of Gath. So he disguised uh, his sanity before them and acted insanely in their hands and ascribed on the doors of the gate and let his saliva run down into his beard. And then a kid said to his servants, Behold, you see, the man behaving as a madman, why do you bring him to me? Do I lack madmen that you have brought this one to act the madman into my presence? Shall this one come into my house? And so, okay, you know, he's trying to get out of this really terrible predicament. He's around, he's, you know, he's around, surrounded by all these Philistines, and they point him out and go, that's David. And David's like, oh, wait a minute, whoa, I've, how do you get out of this situation? And he cries out to God, right, as he runs to this cave, the very next chapter, chapter 22, and look at what God does. God will give him, when you think about the psalm, God's going to give him what he needs at the moment, right? So David departed from there and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brothers and all his father's households heard of it, 
they went down there to him. So when he said no one cares, well, the whole, his whole family ends up showing up. But he thought, no one cares. No one is going to help me. No one. And he, but his whole family comes down there, if you will. Verse 2, and everyone who was in distress and everyone who was discontented gathered to him and became captain over them. Now there were about 400 men with them. So from zero to 400 and like that, right? Because God knew what he needed and God knew, knew what he um, was asking for. And, and though David started going down that bad negative rabbit trail, God, God already had the answer. And I think it's our, our job as Christians to help people to see that God already has the answer. He, how many of us believe that? Right? Anyone, you all believe that? You believe that God already has not only the answer, but it's already figured out, it's already fixed, right? It's already done. And so since it's already figured out, it's already finished, it's, it's already done, and it, is it for my good that God, yeah, and it's, and it's for my good, ultimately it's for my good, and it's, it's the answer to my prayers, and it's, it's, it's what I need, then why can't we reach down and find the positive before it happens? Simply by having trusting faith, just to believe going to be all right you know when when you're doing paramedic training you know maybe wherever you are and you know one of, or trauma training in some sense some sort and you know your your job and you're looking down at this person and they're looking terrible is to not react right you can't don't react don't respond to what you see right your your job is to try to keep them calm you know it's gonna be all right in terms of affirmation uh, we got this we're, we're doing the best we can you know, whatever you can say, instead of, what you don't say is, oh, I don't think you're going to make it. You know, you just you don't do that, right? <laughs> you just, you're supposed to be the positive person to say, it's going to be all right. It's not as bad as you think it is. It's, it's just a gash in your head. It's, I know it feels, it's, it's bleeding profusely. Don't worry, we got a bandage on it. You're going to be all right. You're going to make it. It's going to be fine, right? And, and some, sometimes I've heard, I remember talking to um, people saying, well, what if it's not going to be fine? You know, well, you don't know that, right? If you do your job, it, may, it could be perfectly fine do your job you know put a tourniquet on there or whatever you, you have to do and reassure that individual encourage them it's going to be all right right a positive mental attitude someone has to have that positive mental attitude when there's just negativity around but how do we work how do we work out of um people who are work out of a situation where people are struggling in that negative mindset, right? Like, again, going back to the first one, uh, someone uh, says to themselves, they're struggling with their attitude, that I feel worthless and I stink. And then they take it to the next level and they say, you know, others are struggling. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And they say, you stink. <laughs> so I stink. And not just me, you stink too, right? When you're trying to help them, right? And they come, you know how they do, they come at you now, right? Oh, yeah, well, and then, and then finally, um, as we're struggling and we have this attitude of bitterness, life stinks. So think about being around people, you're in a group, right? And you're all talking, and, and in the group, the discussion comes out, I stink, you stink, we all stink. Life stinks. Well, guess what? There's a lot of suicide in our world today, right? And COVID, right, brought a lot more, hasn't it? 
people have just, I mean, teens, right? A lot more teens. You know, they're just you know, socialism and et cetera and whatever's going on there. Um, but that thinking is, is, a, is a terrible way to go. We've got to make sure that we find the ability to be that, that positive thinker, right? That positive thinker when we're in a crowd of negativity. And even when we're not in a crowd of negative, maybe sometimes negativity is circumstantial, right? There are, there are some times when uh, we, I mean, have you ever been in the rut? I mean, I've been in the rut, right? And, and I have to talk myself out of that, you know, all right, yeah, you got to get out of this rut because, you know, you're the only one that's going to get you out of this rut. You know, God's there and God's in control. You're not, right? And what you think is going to happen most likely isn't going to happen. That's just the way it happens, right? That's part of life. And you statistically look at it and think about people who are depressed. Um, I forget the percentage, but it's really, really high um, of things that they're thinking is going to happen that never actually happens. It never comes to fruition. And, and so you have to talk your way out of that situation that you are in when you're saying, oh, you know, the, you know, the sky's falling and, well, you know, it's, gonna, it's gloom and doom. And no, it's, it, it, really, it really isn't. Um, most of the time it's not. Right? When, it, when it's in that situation, when it, you're, you're in it. Don't really have a lot of time to think. You're in it, right? I mean, it's it's not something you're traveling to. It's you're in it, and so if you're traveling to it, you got time to think. Maybe it's not as bad as you think it is, right? Just trying to be positive, positive, being a positive thinker. All right. So, um, what are the what are some of the struggles that you have found in life with people or yourself that um, that caused whether, whether it caused you to be negative in your thinking, I've been there, and then, or whether you're the one that, to help others to get out of that way of thinking, what have you found in life that works, that helps you to help others and even yourself to get out of that, that, um, that negative, uh, spiraling, rippling effect of negativity? How do you get out of that? What do you use? This is where I'm asking you to be be like the Good Samaritan and help me out. Right? What do you use? Anyone? Yes. Patience. So um, using our two good ears, right? And listening. Um, and, that's, and sometimes that's the, the best answer, right? Is to just, like they say, Job's three friends exercised wisdom when they closed their lips. When they started talking, they made the whole thing worse, right? It was better when they were just listeners. For those seven days, when they saw Job, they looked, and then they just sat with him. And that was the, the greatest time through Job's suffering uh, that he had with those three friends. And so you're right. Uh, coming to them with a spirit of patience, right? Um, I'm thinking of Galatians 6 and verse uh, verse 1 on your 
just kind of piggybacking off of your comment, and then I, I asked someone else, just while you're thinking, if you think of something else that we could add into our, our discussion, brethren, if any man, if a man is uh, caught in a trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself, lest you to be tempted. There's a lot of depth to that verse. That verse is one, all the verses are deep, right? But if you just look at the verses that God gives us when they're problem-solving verses, there's a lot of thinking in those verses. And there's a lot of time, right? So thinking of, thinking of patience. If any man is caught in any trespass, um, so, so usually in this particular instance, how'd they get caught? Well, they got caught and they came to you, uh, right? Unless, so if you're the one that caught them, maybe you really need to look at yourself. Right, like the woman at the well in John 8. We caught her. Well, okay, maybe the woman in adultery, excuse me. Maybe that's, okay. So anyway, so a person comes to you and they're really hurting and they're, they're caught in some kind of, the, the word caught is because of the idea that Satan has set a snare, right? And he caught them. That's what Satan's doing. He's always trying to trap us, right? He set a, you know, a snare for us to try, to try to trap us. And it says, you who are spiritual, now I got to take a step back. Okay, wait a minute. I'm not perfect. So here now, I'm, this person has come to me with a broken heart, and they're confiding in me. I need to look. What, the first thing I need to do is pray. While they're talking, maybe, I need to say a prayer. Lord, I need your help. I don't have the answers, which means I need to learn how to button, button my lip. and get what we, <laughs> Right. <laughs> um, so I'm praying to God, asking God to help me, um, and, and I, cause I need you, Lord. And then I'm just going to sit back and be quiet. And I'm not going to sit back and be judgmental. I'm going to sit back and I'm just going to be quiet because God says you've got to look at yourself now. And when you look at yourself, you know what I realize about circumstances in people's lives? If I were in their circumstance, I probably would have done the same thing. You know, right? I may have messed it up worse. I've got to be honest, right? I've got to be honest with myself that maybe I would have, you know, I'm, I'm driving down the street and, you know, this thing happens and, and it really just, it was a bad day because these things happened. And then, you know, walk a mile in another person's shoes. So you just sit back and you listen. So you, you try to use your spiritual uh, ability that God gives and put inside of us. Um, and you pray to God and you ask God to give you patience. Ask him to help you. And sometimes the answer is you just, you don't have an answer. But that is the answer, right? Uh, just being there uh, was, was the answer. Sometimes it is the answer. And sometimes you can think of a scripture to help restore them. And sometimes it's just... You know, I don't know the answer, but let's do this. Let's just pick the Bible up. Okay, here we go. Let's just, all right, let's just start reading, right? And then you'll find the answer, right? Or you'll forget what you were struggling, uh, struggling with because you get tired of reading, <laughs> right? You go, wow, we're on chapter 45. Have you figured it out yet? No, all right, well, let's keep reading it. <laughs> you know, okay, I got it, I got it. <laughs> Maybe that's not true. But anyway, you got to think about what you're going to say, but you can't always think about what you're going to say because you don't know what you're going to say. Patience is, is, uh, is absolutely beautiful. It is truly a virtue. And I always think of Galatians 6 when um, confronting someone about something or they've come to me, I've got to look to myself first, right, and not be judgmental and then zip it and pray and ask God to help me. So sometimes if you ever come to me and you notice I have that deer, deer in the headlight look, I'm, I'm probably praying right now. <laughs> I'm getting listening, but I'm not really listening. I'm asking God for help. So... Being patient. Thank you, uh, Mike. That's a very, very gifted answer. <laughs> so Mike is the man. So now you all know. If someone comes to you 
and they're talking and you don't have the answer, say, hang on, call Mike. Right? He'll listen. Uh, be a listener. Be a good, a good listener. That's a very good answer. Any other thought? What else? How do we do that? Before I ask that question, you also said, I want part two to your, um, your comment, and that is, but then you've got to make sure you have the ability to get away, to kind of, is that what you were saying, to kind of re- reassess? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah. Right. So when it really starts getting too heavy for you, you need to get away so you can reevaluate, reassess your mind, renew your mind, uh, fill your, allow God to fill your spirit, uh, fill you up so that uh, you have the strength, you know, for someone else, prayerfully not, same situation, but you have the strength for someone else. But if you, if you remain around negativity too long, you're right, uh, it impacts you in, in a negative way. And so, yeah, I almost forgot that second part. Uh, what else? Uh, any other thoughts? Dealing with negative situations, how do you find that ability to, uh, whether it be help someone else, help yourself, uh, what situations have you been in or have you seen that, uh, that helps and that has worked, that you think, in your spiritual walk of faith? Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I think you're right. I was, yeah, I wasn't made to be a fisherman. Uh, that's true. I, it's fun, but go ahead. So you're going through then a process of reflection. Like, you know, okay, God, here's the situation in front of me. Um, you know, what is expected of me? What, what does this person need? What do I need to help this person? Why am I here? I'm here for a reason, a uh, purpose. And um, what can I do to help this person? Um, and, and so that is also uh, excellent to think about because you have to know when it's above you, right? Like, like if someone comes to me about, there are certain things I will not, I do not counsel for. I will not. I say, nope, I'm not uh, skilled at that. I'm not trained in that area, so you have to go somewhere else. Um, and, when, and when people have a need, they sometimes, oftentimes don't stop, even though you specifically say, that's not me. I need to prefer you somewhere else. You have to know, um, you have to know yourself, your own limitations, your own boundaries, maybe established boundaries, but to ask those questions, I think, um, are very critical 
to ask, wait a minute, am I, am I equipped to be able to help in this situation? What does God expect of me? Is this a time, um, I love using this, um, um, <laughs> my wife, are you just, so this, am I supposed to talk on this one or just listen? <laughs> Is this a listening? You know, I, to ask questions of the individual that you're, uh, you've been confronted with or you've confronted um, to find out or ascertain your ability, your skill, uh, your limitation, your boundary, because maybe I don't really want to help with this. Because your attitude has to be right. I mean, there are, there are times when I'm like, well, I really, I'm not in the mood today. I'm not, uh, I'll get, you know, I'll get messages or calls. Hey, um, you know, there's, can you, there's a family who needs help. Can you help them? And today, I may not be in the mood because I've got lots of other things on my plate. And I'll say, you know, today's not a good day for me to answer that question. But um, allow me, please, just tomorrow to uh, get back with you. And I'll figure out where I have time on the schedule and see if there's something I can do. Because sometimes I'm just not in the... I mean, maybe you're not there, but I, I can't imagine being a full-time uh, counselor because there are days when I don't, I don't feel like counseling. I'm just going to be honest with you. But I thank God I can make my own schedule. So I just make sure those days are scratched out. I don't know what day it's going to be, though. I may have sessions set up, and I'll just reschedule them. Um, because I can't help you if I'm in a bad straight myself, right? So asking those questions um, about purpose, if you will, am I the one for this job? Uh, do I uh, have the ability? Is this what God wants from, from me today? What does Jesus want? For me today, can I be like Jesus today? Some days are harder than other days. To and I'm not saying to be a Christian, but I'm saying to deal with people the way Jesus deals with people. Because you might admit, or maybe you won't, some days you don't feel like dealing with people, right? And other days are great. And you know, Satan doesn't usually um, pick and choose. <laughs> He's always bringing stuff to you, but. Um, you have to be able to maintain your composure, and that's really important. And, and then step back, and that's really important. Again, get, I had to get myself out of those, that mindset, that way of thinking sometimes. Uh, preachers often tell me, don't tell the congregation stuff like that. It's the truth. <laughs> I have a problem telling you that. I'm human. There are some days I don't want to deal with it. And you know what? On those days, I don't. You, know, you won't know because I'm not going to lash out at you, but I may just set things aside and go into a different part of work, if you will, that benefits and blesses my day in my service to the Lord. You know, and you, I know you do that as well, right? There's some days you don't feel like going to your jobs, but you have to go. So you go, and then you have to restrict yourself, right? Or do something that, that keeps you from lashing out, because you don't want to do that. That's not Christ-like, right? We have to act like Christians at all times, but we're not Jesus. So we have to be honest with that. And so stepping back and asking those questions and, and evaluating your own mind is, a, is an outstanding um, thing to do. And if you remember uh, in the Gospels, is that not what Jesus did? Jesus would go away, right? He would leave for the whole day. Like, I'm gone. He would just get in the boat and go. Like, Jesus, if Jesus had to do it, I don't feel bad having to do it myself, right? I just don't own a boat. So if you're on a boat and you can help me out, no, just kidding. Um, but yeah, getting away and doing that. Thank you. All right, any other? One, one or two more, maybe. Anything? 
Yes. Right. Right, right. So court... Galatians 6, 
is spirituality is being humble enough to say, hey, I'm not the one equipped for this job. So I need to close this out, back to Galatians 6, because the next verse uh, gives us the next, or the rest of the verse gives us more information. Brethren, even if a man is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself, lest you to be tempted. And that's the point, right? Because you might jump out there and say, I can do it and pull out your cape, and then realize now you're caught in the same tres- uh, trespass because you did not gain all the information and you took this person's side of everything they said and now you're a supporter for them and then you send them in the wrong direction and then you get into trouble. And so, yes, be careful um, so that you are not caught in that trespass and how critical uh, that is. Okay, so thank you very much. And if we need to use a microphone, we can. Um, I know it's kind of hard to hear and hear and I'm, I know folks online aren't hearing part of our, our conversation. But I want us to be open in our conversation uh, if you have the ability to help us out in some way, that would be really gratefully appreciated. Thank you for your time tonight. Uh, God bless you. We'll have a Devo in just a moment and some announcements.